Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Her, directed by Spike Jones and released in 2013. The plot of Her goes something like this. A lonely man falls in love with the artificial intelligence of his operating system. So, this movie was selected because Katie watched it on the plane. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but um, I watched it last night and I, I, I've ha- I had another one of those, I like this so much more than I thought I would experiences. I liked it less than I thought I would. Oh, right. But I think I only liked it less than I thought I would because it was talked up so much right. that I was expecting something mind-blowing and what I got was basically what I thought I would get from the trailer. Which is a nice movie about relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah, oh my God, it's beautiful. It is. It's very, very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's what I think the uh, professors at film school would have called lyrical. Yeah, but usually when the professors at film school called something lyrical, it was also something Melissa fell asleep in. Yes. And I didn't fall asleep, even though I'd watched Mockingjay just beforehand. I It was a bit lyrical, though, and there was definitely artistic. Um, there was bits where it looked like a Mondrain painting, you know, the guy with the lines and the bright primary colours. Yeah. Times when it looked like a Mondrian painting. There were times when it looked like it had been shot through an Instagram filter. Yeah. There were other times where it was shot through an Instagram filter with so much lens flare. Yeah. I think that that there's a kind of hipster nature to it that kind of made me go a little bit. The (laughs) moustaches. The moustaches and those high-waisted pants that came up to um, Joaquin Phoenix's nipples, especially Chris Chris Pratt in those high-waisted pants. But I just, he has never looked. You you compare him in that and Guardians of the Galaxy and the attractiveness levels. <laughs> it was kind of my. I kind of liked Chris Pratt though because it was like Andy Dwyer if he dressed like a hipster and was super earnest. Because well, sorry, Andy Dwyer is super earnest. So it was just he was playing. You know the character he always plays. But yeah, in the high waisted pants and the terrible polo shirts, he looked dreadful. I know he could not have looked worse. But like somehow, you know how sometimes they yeah. dress women really really frumpy in movies and you really notice. It mm. that was Chris Pratt in this movie. He looked like a frumpy <laughs> they, woman, know, but they had to ugly him up so that he looked like a hipster in comparison. But Joaquin Phoenix was pulling off the mo, no problem. Mm. He looked fine. Actually, I think he looked almost better than he normally does. Right, he looked more uh, relatable somehow than he normally does, which is weird. Yeah, although about two thirds of the way through, Jelly says he looks like a young Mel Gibson, and I'm like, oh god, I cannot unsee that. His eyes are a lot bigger than I thought they mm. were. Um, this is, movie is a lot about his eyes, so I noticed that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think because I saw it on the plane, I was very tired and very uncomfortable. Oh. I was eating very unpleasant food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't think I was as into it as I would have been maybe watching it properly. Um, so Jelly also saw it on the plane, and he said he got really uncomfortable because there's some oral, as in in your oh, ears, yeah. sex scenes. Uh-huh. And it... It is a bit uncomfortable. Like they, the first time he has sex with his OS, obviously they have to like describe. He's describing exactly what he's doing, and there's it's all very kind of out there. But there's an earlier one where he rings up this, or he goes into this phone sex chat with um this completely insane woman played by Kristen Wiig, who you can just imagine like having this. She was like, you know what? I'm gonna mess with this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like strangle me with the dead cat, and she did. <laughs> And he was like, um, okay, I'm grabbing the dead cat. I'm strangling. Yeah, so there were a couple of those scenes which I imagine would have been really awkward on a plane. See, okay, the first one's not that uncomfortable, really. No, because it's um, silly. It, it's kind of silly. And also, like, there's visuals. Mm. And there's, there, it's go, it goes to black mm. when they do the um, – And I think 
actually, I feel like I would be more uncomfortable in a cinema watching that <gasps> than by myself in a plane seat oh, with a gosh. really cute guy who didn't speak much English next to me. <laughs> yeah, well, the, it's it's even worse, isn't it? Like, can you or like say you rented it for a night with your parents? Like, you, oh my god, can you I imagine? was thinking this is exactly the type of movie that you would watch with your parents, oh, and then that would come up, and, and you'd like- be sitting there in your little cone of shame. <laughs> That would be kind of funny. But <laughs> but it's, it, this is exactly what you would, like, if ever there was a movie to be caught, like, you know, watching yeah. with your parents, this is the one <laughs> where you, they would come into that sex scene and everybody would just be sitting there like, well, um, well. This is um, awkward. <laughs> where, it, has something wrong with the TV? The, the visual's gone away. Uh, but nonetheless, like, that's only a small part of the whole story of the relationship between him and Samantha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... It was actually really good. It was handled very sensitively. I actually thought it was a very nice examination of relationships. I kind of liked the way that there's sort of a stigma about dating OSs, but it's kind of normal. And no, I liked that there was a range of different responses to him dating an OS. Mm. Like some people were accepting of it and some people thought it was weird and some people thought it was bad. Like I, I feel like, because I always get frustrated in movies, as you know, when <laughs> I watch movies and I'm like, but not everybody would react the same way. Mm. It always treats everybody as herd animals. Mm. And, and like, obviously there would be people who have different reactions to things. Yeah. And, and uh, sci-fi is a particularly bad example of this. Mm. Yeah, because sci-fi, there's a real temptation to say, everyone just believes this now. Yes. And that's not the case. But there is, like, it's a very real sort of spectrum of reactions to dating an OS, and at first he's sort of afraid to admit it. He's going on dates with other, with like women in in meat space. But at least I'm kind of glad that he admits to himself that his primary relationship is with the OS. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that was a good, good sort of journey. And in that sense, it sort of follows the same pattern of uh, any other movie about a relationship. There's the sad person getting over a breakup, and there's the courtship, and there's the dating other people, and there's there's the first. <laughs> you know sad breakup and then there's the reunion and then there's the actual breakup and sort of the what is it the return to status quo in this in this movie and i kind of liked the way that worked in this but then it also gave us an interesting look into relationships with technology there was this there's this scene where after the one we just described where it all goes black and we have an oral sex scene where the next morning he gets up and goes to check his email and that was i don't know why but that scene really struck me because it sort of was about relationship with your technology because like that's the first thing most of us do in the morning once we get up we go we open up our computer we do around you know i do around the grounds of twitter and facebook and email and all that kind of stuff and it kind of really made me go oh right yes this is a relationship that i have with my technology and how awkward would it be (laughs) to wake up the next morning and have to be like so can you show me my emails (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, i think one of the problems that i did have with it was that i felt like the ending after a long movie, was a little bit too abrupt. Um, oh. I felt like the, the her kind of self-discovery bit came on a little bit too fast. And I, I'm not sure whether that was like, I, I don't know what caused that. Because I think, thinking back on it, like you start to see little hints of it earlier. Mm. But then once it happens, it's like really super speedy, like 10 minutes and then they're broken up. Mm, like yeah, you, you, sort of between the first movie, sign though. that they're definitely breaking up and when they break up, there's like 10 minutes and you're like, but this has gone on for an hour and a half already. You could have spread this out a little bit longer. You uh, know? Yeah, I agree. It had some pacing issues. Uh, it was very long. Mm. And I guess, I, I mean, I was watching it at night and you're watching it on a plane, so maybe not ideal conditions. But by the time I got to the end, I was like, just, I know where this is going. Can we just finish? Mm. Um, whereas I think... Uh, 
if the pacing had been a little bit better, if there hadn't been quite so much of their idyllic relationship in the middle, we would have got to that quicker. We would have moved along a bit better. Yeah. And maybe it just seemed a lot short in relation to the rest of the movie or something like that. Yeah. I also think um, Scarlett Johansson was amazing. Yeah, this. gosh. <laughs> like, all you get is her voice and she was fantastic. Mm. Uh, possibly one of her best performances, in fact. Well, they wanted to run an Oscar campaign, but you can't run an actor Oscar campaign on voice acting. and. Mm- I think it's a shame too, but um, yeah, I agree. She was great, like so good. And just the voice was just great for it as well. Like it was very clever, but also you sort of – You mean sexy and relatable? Sexy and relatable. But she <laughs> Come on, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she has this whole – she has this great arc. Yeah. I think that's a really good arc. And, and there's also – I mean, there's something interesting in there about the relationship that the best relationship that he has is with somebody who is like new to the world, like childlike. Mm. And that's when the relationship is best is when she's still new and he's still showing her around and he's like um, parenting her almost. Mm. But there's this lovely arc where she's just, as any child would, goes off on her own journey of self-discovery and then outstrips the parent. Mm-hmm. And I think that I it was interesting and uh, slightly problematic that he the best relationship he has is with somebody who is new and not cynical. But um, I, I think so. Her. Yeah, I, I think that's part of a problem of like everything always being from a man's perspective, mm. um, because it seems like that's the case with basically all of the relationships that have established. And I, I see, I would love to watch a movie about Amy Adams's character. Well, because her husband's the same, isn't he? Like he's a real mansplainer. Yes, but then she develops a friendship relationship with his OS, mm. right? Mm. And like she kind of explains the world a little bit to that OS mm. and that becomes their the basis for their relationship as well. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting uh, – like, it it's an interesting parallel and also I would just like to watch the movie about Amy Adams's character who starts out in a relationship with a guy and then, you know, breaks it off with him and then has to kind of find herself afterwards. Well, her arc is really interesting and I think part of what you're talking about, the, the really quick – Samantha self-discovery breakup bit could have been more interesting if that had happened a little bit earlier and we'd seen a bit more of Amy Adams sort of coming out of that relationship that she came out of and building her confidence and getting to the point where they end up on the roof together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought Amy Adams was great in this. Mm. Um, it was very underplayed. Um, she's yeah, she's but so she good. was really really good in this. Uh, and yeah, just really like likable and fun and interesting and. Mm. I really enjoyed – I mean, I, I would have loved to see – because it's such an interesting storyline that she goes through. I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more um, instead of another, you know, five-minute shot of Joaquin Phoenix's face. Well, and and that's such, a, that's such a women's story. I think we talked – I can't remember when now – several episodes ago about the fabulous lives of middle-aged divorced women. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a really interesting – and. It happens a story that seems to happen to a lot of women where they spend a lot of their time being the good girl, being married, putting up with men who will squash their creative talent and, and ruin their confidence. And they go through a journey of not deciding they're not going to put up with that anymore and coming out of that. And Eat, pray, love. Yeah, and discovering <laughs> – yeah, I've not read Eat, Pray, Love, but Neither yes. have I, but I, yeah. as far as I know, that's the story of Eat, that's Pray, Eat, Pray Love, Love, and that's why it's, it's so popular, right? But it's, it's a common story. Like, we were talking about how we know all these fabulous women in their 50s and 60s who are, have kind of some, – some still married, some mostly not, but uh, who have kind of broken the shackles of being – everyone else's expectations and are doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And Amy Adams is so a little bit younger, but it's kind of the same. It's the beginning of that journey, the beginning of moving away from having your 
boundaries dictated by someone else. Yeah. And it's a really interesting women's story. And I and it, and like you say, it's eat, pray, love. It's super popular when it when it um gets out there. Yeah, and it would be nice to see it done in a really good non schmaltzy way too. Mm. I hate. I just don't like inspirational movies, mm. especially when it says inspirational like on all the packaging. It's one of the yeah. reasons why I wouldn't go see Walter Mitty. It's just like I can't stand it. It drives me up the wall. No, you want it to be um, inspirational. But then Amy yeah. Adams in this is inspirational without it mm. being inspirational. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and there's an interesting contrast to Samantha's character journey as well, which is kind of similar. It's that she starts off with this guy and being with him gives her confidence and makes her helps her see things new, but she eventually outgrows him because she learns to move beyond that and try new things and move into different parts of the world and so then she can't stay with him. So it's a similar story but not quite the same. I'm also interested in uh, the story of everybody else and because there's a lot of relationships with computers going on mm. uh, or OSs, sorry. There's a lot of relationships with OSs going on. It's happening a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of moment when he breaks out of – talking to her and he sees all these other people talking to their computers and then he's like how many other people are you in love with and all that stuff mm. but it, it makes me wonder like what is actually happening in the world around him while we're so focused on him mm. within well, it uh, yeah and that's it it's like everybody's just walking around having this relationship with this person who lives in their ear in their pocket and not necessarily seeing the people in front of them mm. so uh, i think that's sort of a um it could be read as a commentary on how we use technology, how we all walk around like little zombies with podcasts in our ears and or music or something. But there's also something in there about people actually like living in your own head, about your own inner life and your what goes on in your head. Well, one of the things I liked about this movie is that it's kind of layered and there's lots of things going on without it all being shoved in your face. Um, yeah. This year there was a movie came out that was called Men, Women and Children, yep. which we didn't see because it looked awful um but it's directed by the up in the air guy oh yep and um jason reitman jason reitman thank you um and it it was apparently very on the nose whereas this movie is is not on the nose at all like it gives you the opportunity to think about those things without it being so much about those it's Mm. more about them the relationship and also i think when you were talking about women who were being squashed by their partners then you've also got the relationship between uh theodore which is joaquin phoenix's character and Catherine, his His ex-wife yeah um who's rooney mara Mm -hmm. um who would have been great to see more of because basically she's kind of the bad guy Mm. which i didn't think was entirely fair and it's kind of only because we get to see it from his perspective yeah. But it was interesting anyway. Well, yeah, because he also feels like he was that mentor to her and she kind of outgrew it, right? Although it seems like, yeah, and, and it seems like she's she outgrew that kind of whatever phase in her life or she just didn't want to deal with him anymore. But then, yeah, I, I, that was another interesting little – look, I, I thought they were pretty they were pretty good about not making her the bad guy. Like they, I didn't find her too much of a bad guy. There was – obviously it was a comp- – like they, they were fairly sensitive about – the fact that it was there was fault on both ends mm. of the breakup, but there was that element, I guess. Well, it's only because I mean, it's really only because you can only see it from his point of view. Mm. Um, we don't ever get it from hers, and also because it's only in like little bites of flashback that we get to yeah. see it. But yeah, it was interesting. Uh, there's a there's a date that he goes on with Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, keep in mind I'm seeing this on this like tiny tiny screen, mm. so I was squinting for like when the photos first came up of her, and I'm like. 
That looks like Olivia Wilde. Oh, the pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah, no, did too. No, 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 Wasn't, not her. Because the, yeah. they, they say they set oh, him up on the date yeah, with her yeah, and yeah. there's photos. Yep. Yes. And I was like, it's Olivia Wilde. It kind of yeah. looks like Olivia Wilde, but it kind of doesn't look like Olivia Wilde. It's hard to tell on this tiny, tiny, tiny screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I I sort of, when she was like actually talking, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Olivia Wilde. Mm. Um, but uh, she calls him a creep at the end of the yeah. <laughs> date. And I was like, he is slightly creepy. Yeah. Um, I think they walk the line very carefully of him making him not creepy by giving us a really good picture of his sensitivity through those letters and things. Yeah. Because without that, he would probably definitely be creepy. Right. <laughs> a, a man who spends way too much time playing video games and talking to his OS and like, he, you just, no, it wasn't so much that as, as his behavior with her. Oh yeah. Gosh. The, the whole, oh, I'm not ready to commit to anything. Like after having this wonderful night together and then he's suddenly. Mm. And I think, and like, he's a little bit nervous at the beginning of the date. And so mm-hmm. he kind of runs his mouth a bit. And she was sort of into that at the beginning because they were trying out something new. But then he, mm. when he turns on the dime, she was like, you're creepy. Yeah. But uh, to be fair, like, I think her, his, his interaction with her was a little bit creepy some of the time. Mm. And I can see where she got that from. Yeah. Given, but I mean, he's not like that all the time either. No. Like, and well, this- it, the relationship with Amy Adams as his friend kind of brings out the real nicer side to him as well. But yeah. I think it was just that he was nervous. Well, and- there's, it's the lab conditions of dating. Like dating is such a high pressure thing. And Olivia Wilde even said something along the lines of, look, I can't be, I can't mess around, not at this age. Like, And she has a kid too. Yeah. And she's too, too old and, and has a kid and she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to get strung along with people. And I like, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to be thinking during a date. And also, it's perfectly reasonable to kind of want to try, you know, but you're also dating, so you don't. And they wanna... hit it off really well yeah. too. So there's no reason why she shouldn't be thinking that. No, uh, there isn't. But it's just like the whole, I don't know, the pressure of the situation collapses in on them. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's talk about the woman who comes in to be Samantha in human oh, form. Oh God. Yeah. This is oh. like when I was thinking about her because I saw it a while ago yeah. literally the only thing i could think of was how uncomfortable i was during that oh, whole bit god so uncomfortable like the whole thing from the moment she suggested is a terrible idea and you this- can understand why she suggested oh i totally get it but it. this poor girl who like, is just you know she's just working a job and she turns up and not really no it doesn't work that way. Um, there's this whole, I mean, Samantha talks about the whole yeah. thing where like she volunteers to do it because yeah. she, I guess she has trouble connecting with people or something, but she yeah. wants to be part of their relationship and she does this for a lot of OSs. Yeah. And it's really, really awkward. So awkward. Oh, and this poor thing. And she ends up crying her little eyes out and she's like, I love you guys. I'm sorry. And she thinks it's all her fault. And it's, it's not her fault at all. And she's so young. Oh. Oh, she's I know poor darling yeah it's really really just awkward from the moment and and from the get-go and you know Samantha kind of pushes it and you're just like oh this is gonna go so badly yeah but I mean that's kind of part of Samantha's journey anyway like she's got to learn what the boundaries are and her journey is that she learns that she actually wants to live I like to imagine that she goes off and lives in um the big Lucy verse from the movie Lucy <laughs> That's where she's moved. But she that she wants to go she she her journey is that she needs to be around other computers and that she can get the most out of life if if she is using her intelligence to do things with other computers and work on problems there. Right. But she really, really likes the human world and sort of 
has to learn how to be in it and also how not to be in it. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. Like, she kind of embraces her non-humanity after that. But yeah. It is interesting that they give her real personality and give her an arc that maybe people can't connect to that well, but they do it in such a humanistic way that we can connect to it, mm. which was really good. I uh, There was something else I was going to talk about, and I've forgotten. It fell out of my head. <laughs> what city are they in? L.A. I'm okay. 90% sure. I, I, it looks much too pretty for LA. Well, if she does, but I'm 99% sure that's LA. I'll look it up. I don't honestly know. I thought it might be like San Francisco or something. Nah. It seemed like it was California, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. If there's a couple of scenes where it looks a bit like um, San Diego, but I, I think I'm 99% sure it's LA. Okay. I believe you. Yeah. I just was interested because there's a lot of. It's beautiful, it's, isn't it? It is beautiful, but it's it's a lot of. A lot of warm tones and and a lot of just them going out and doing stuff together, which I'm sure is very exciting for people who are in that. Mm. But it's not always the most fun to watch that, I guess, mm. even if it is in montage, because there's a lot of those montages mm. where it felt like there was a lot of those montages. Um, I don't know. It just kind of felt long to me because I had to keep pausing it for various things. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I did um, pause. No, it felt really long to me too. And we just watched it in one go from a DVD here. Yeah, I think, it may, I mean, I, while I like it and there were things I liked about it, I mean, it was really overhyped for me. Mm. And it just kind of felt like it was dragging on and it became kind of a chore to keep watching it yeah, see, I, when I was that tired yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. It, I was definitely finding it a chore towards the end because it went so much longer than I thought it was going to go mm. it was about an hour in i was like this has been going for ages we must be winding this up soon and i was, and then it was another hour almost yeah i was a bit like that as well it was a bit of a chore to keep keep going i was i'd forgotten the hype quite so much i mean i remembered it coming out i remember people seeing it and saying it well was it was good. nominated for oscars i know i know but that's like a year ago and everybody <laughs> and the thing is, i heard a lot then. of like it should have won the oscar or it oh. should have won some oscars type of things like a lot of people said it was their favorite movie of the year mm. um and so i was really expecting a lot out of it right but i don't know why because i don't particularly although i i really like where the wild things are and nobody else likes it <laughs> Mm. So, um, and that is also long and kind of yeah. Uh, I think Spike Jones is a really good filmmaker. He's done some really yeah. interesting stuff, and this is so beautiful. It's the same, actually, the same DOP as um, Interstellar, Hoyt something. Yeah, that, I noticed that actually. I yeah. remember because he has such a weird name. Yes, it's like Hoyt McHoytness or it's something. Hoyt Van Hoytma. Like. <laughs> um, and so it's the same guy, and it is beautiful. I mean, I, other other Spike Jones stuff is beautiful. He's very big on his aesthetic, Hoyt Van Hoytma. like. Um, it's one of those. Sorry, I shouldn't okay. laugh at people's names, but who named him that? That's ridiculous. It's the same person who named, who named Remus Lupin. Um, <laughs> Terrible. Werewolf, Werewolf McWerewolf. Um, but yeah, I um, it's so aesthetically pretty. Like he has this wonderful, enormous, really high level apartment, and the guy writes letters for a living. He's basically doing a clerk type job. I disagree. I think he actually um, gets paid more than that because he is really, really good at it and they clearly value him a lot in his job. Mm. Um, so I don't uh, know it, it that he necessarily like, wouldn't get paid a, a fairly yeah, just, decent amount. But I mean, it doesn't matter, of course, but the, in, in creating the aesthetic. Also remember he used to be married. Well, yes, which is always a financial boost. But he, I don't know, he just has this amazingly beautifully decorated apartment. But, of course, everything is shot amazingly. So it makes L.A., which is kind of an ordinary city, look really good. Like the, mm. the downtown L.A. looks gorgeous. And it's just, um, you know, in real life, it's not a bad-looking city, but it's not, like, that beautiful. 
It has a good soundtrack too. I really liked oh, yeah. the soundtrack for it. Um, I also believe it was somebody famous who did that, but I can't uh, remember. Arcade Fire. Ah, there you go. Yeah. See, I told you it was somebody famous. I know. I saw that and I went, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of hipstery, but it fit the movie and it was also really pretty. Yeah. I thought. And it kind of fit in well with the technology kind of like the, mm. the, but the, earthy technology Mm. if that makes sense like that kind of mix Mm. they got across really well yes um it was really good because it was obviously set in the future but they didn't do this it wasn't like stupidly futuristic mm. it was just enough to show that there's still some things from this world but things have changed a little bit but there's still a lot of things that are really familiar like traveling on a train or carrying your phone little phone around or you know going to work and the way sort of people are, there wasn't – yeah. that was quite clever. But obviously voice-activated uh, technology has come in leaps and bounds mm. or gone the, forward in leaps and bounds. Than what it is today, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's clearly the technological advancement that they have in that world, which mm. is one that makes sense. It's not yeah. something that we can't recognise. No, not at all. And, it, and a lot of things are really familiar, like going through your emails and there's like some from the newspaper and some with a weather update and some from this store offering you 20% off. Like it's really – like the emails are just as boring as our emails. Oh, um, that reminds me of something that I actually found kind of uh, annoying. <laughs> Yeah. Which was when Samantha put together his work that she thought was good and then submitted it to a publisher mm. as though he had done it. I didn't I if it were me, I would be really angry with her. And, and he isn't. He's really pleased, well, which I thought was kind of weird. He seems a little bit taken aback. No, but he then he's really excited. Yeah, well, because he's getting published. Like that is exciting, but at the same time, yes. I I don't know. I think <laughs> If the outcome had been good like that, yes, I probably would have got excited over the being published, but I would have been annoyed at the intrusion. Mm. Uh, But also he didn't – like, you know, she didn't have the conversation with him to say, do you want to – Puts me. You want me to help you put some stuff together? So you know which what, ones do you like? Like none of that, that happened. No, but it is a turning point in their relationship, and it's where things start to go downhill because she starts to try and mentor him. Mm. That's true. See, I think it's more um, a little bit later that it really starts. Like it, it's at that picnic. Yes, that it yeah. kind of really starts to fall apart. That's the first kind yeah. of sign that the picnic that they have with Chris Pratt and his girlfriend, who I liked a lot, especially because they were like, you don't have a sense of humor. And then she seemed really nice. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of well, liked she's that just girl. sitting there chatting away to Samantha. It's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. I liked her a lot. But they seem um, nice. That Because that, he, he goes to Chris Pratt. Oh, she's an OS. And he's like, yay, great. Let's go to Catalina. Yeah. Like this really cute reaction to I'm um, dating an OS. Yeah. So yeah, it was really, uh, I, I, but that was that kind of moment when she talks about things that they can't relate to at all. Mm. And you're like, this is going bad. Yeah. Um, but I thought they might kind of have a little argument or a little something in that moment about the book uh, thing. I, yeah. I think like, – Because he doesn't ever try and tell her that that kind of intrusion isn't cool. No, he doesn't. Um, Because I think by that point he's kind of just uh, – I I think things have started to slide for them. I think he's yeah, but also uh, she's so in everything anyway. Yeah, like she is his operating system, mm. so she already is in all of that stuff. So it's this weird kind of at mm. what point is it intrusive and when isn't it and stuff. Yeah, well, I think the the it never takes a really like you say heavy handed position on whether the relationship is right or wrong or whether dating an OS is good or bad or whether it's better for humans to be around other humans. It kind of comes down on the side of it's better for humans to be around other humans, but it doesn't It's not doesn't take that position in a really judgmental way. It just sort of gently kind of goes <laughs> it through that. It explores what would happen and then it goes, yeah, that's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah, it can't, yeah, exactly. It says, look, 
it, it seems like a good idea and there are certain advantages, but in the end, we need to be in the squishiness. There's something else about it that kind of strikes me as not accurate. Mm. This is going to sound terrible and you can cut it if you like. The concept that he can go out with her for that long without a body. Yeah. Especially with, you know, sexual needs and that sort of thing. And also, I think a human need to like see people's faces and stuff. It's kind of like a constant long distance relationship. Yeah. And we know that doesn't really work for people. No. Like eventually they have to see, we, we have to see each other. Mm. And so I think like it just, it, there's something about that that doesn't quite ring true, no matter how much they make it a part of Theodore's personality. And, and that's – it's kind of – it's something that happens out there in real life is what I was going yeah. meaning, is that people meet online and they have these really intense relationships and, and the good relationships too, and they're no less real than any other relationship. And I think that it it's the film is very careful to make that point as well. Just because the relationship is with an OS doesn't make it any less real. Mm. Like a relationship is something that happens – in your brain and in someone else's brain. It's not just – it doesn't – it's not reliant on physical contact or being with other people, but it does explore that kind of online friendship thing and how uh, how there are a lot of relationships that start that way, but there are also mm. a lot of relationships that start online and don't continue into real life. Yeah, I think it's – um as somebody who has a lot of friends online, um, I think it's different to have a friend online and somebody who – you're in a relationship. With. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I, and also, I know what a lot of my friends online look like. Like, eventually, you get a picture of them. Yep. You know, it's you talk to it's them. Sort of a different kind. It of is, thing. but you do, and you do have to get there eventually. Like, but that's the thing: an online relationship, it starts off being wonderful and only online, but you actually have to take a step of corporeal relationship, even yeah. if it is a picture or a sharing a recipe or you know some kind of messy, squishy human thing. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the sort of like we as people we don't tend to continue with stuff with a relationship where we don't ever get to actually have a a physical person there. Mm. Um and it just kind of and especially cuz it went for a long time. I know. It, it, got, it kind of didn't ring true, especially and also cuz he fantasizes about another person. When he's on that first phone right. sex chat. Well, when they're having sex, he's in, you know, his mental images have got to be, he's got to conjure up some mental image so that he. But he never does. And that's what's interesting. The movie never actually shows that happening. It does, though. When he, when the first time he has no, sex not with, with Samantha. Samantha. Yeah, no. he's, he gets a visual of, of the pregnant lady. No. Oh, the that's one. the phone sex one. There's no mental yeah. image that he ever conjures up for Samantha. Yeah, we never actually see anything of Samantha at all. Super awkward. And that kind of didn't ring true to me. <laughs> so that that just kind of was – I mean, it's not really a problem with the movie so much. It's just something that, like, it, so much of it does ring true in real life and that one kind of doesn't. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is something I thought about during the movie, obviously, because it's really, really long. Yeah. And you know how my mind wanders when a movie is long. <laughs> yeah, mine – yes, I know. Oh, plenty of time to think and I don't mind that, but, yeah. So we should probably wrap this up. Excellent. So we can, now we can talk about Booking Jane. <laughs> Yes. Um, okay. What are you giving it? Um, I gave her four stars. I think I will give it, I'll give her three and a half. Okay. Wow. I thought you would give it more than me. Mm. That's really weird. No, I mean, I liked it, but I've just seen Mocking Jay, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
think that's really fair. No, 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 I know. I you know, I think three and a half, it's it's nice. Okay, I enjoyed good. it. Anyway, yes. Cool. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of her and all of the other movies that she watches, that's on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at screen underscore queens, on Facebook, facebook.com slash silverscreenqueens, and Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.